Thank you. Okay, good evening, everyone. So my name is Libra Robinson, and I am the CEO and owner of Insight VIP Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Okay, and what we do is we teach technology training to blind and visually impaired persons, such as our JAWS 101, where we teach computer, um, how to use your computer using the screen reader JAWS. We also have our smartphone boot camp. Um, we have our Braille club where we teach uh, just the basics of Braille, you know, how to read and write um, your alphabet, um, numbers and words. We've also conducted Victor Stream workshops and things of that nature. Now I am in Washington, DC and I do contract through our DC Center for Independent Living and also um, Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind, which is in Maryland. Now, this is all great, but I'm gonna let you know that this all started from just becoming independent through the National Federation of the Blind. I was diagnosed in 1992 with uh, pseudotumor cerebri, which is an eye condition that um, simulates um, a tumor which presses on your optic nerve. Now, for those who don't know, um, that is one of the one eye, I would say, um, things in your eye that is hard to correct. You can correct your retina, you can correct your, uh, your uh, coro uh, not corona, you can correct your, um, what is the other, I forgot the other one, where you can get the um, cataract, you can do all those things, but your optic nerve is really, really delicate. So um, I started experiencing um, vision loss in December um, of 1991. And I didn't realize it, you know, because um, in the, back in that day, it was like rare. So of course you go to your eye doctor and um, they gave you glasses. One of my glasses was one one side was uh, thin, one side was thick. You know, I, I I picked the green frame just to look cute, but I know that one side was thin, one side was thick. Now I want to remind everyone before them, before then, I live in Washington D.C. I could see down the street, I could see a bird all the way down the street, I could see all the beautiful things, flowers, colors, everything. So this started in December, and I went through several doctors until May of 1992, I went to what is called our eye clinic. And um, when I went there, I was experiencing headaches and things that I knew just something wasn't right. You know, as Ms. Simmons said, sometimes you just feel like something isn't right. And when I went to that eye appointment and they dilated my eyes and they looked into it and they saw the amount of pressure the doctor admitted me immediately. Now, I just went in for a basic eye exam. And um, he informed me that tomorrow morning you'll be going into surgery. And I was, for what? And he explained to me my eye condition. And he said it was very rare. But that is why I was, uh, I would say, misdiagnosed um, with it throughout um, from December until that May. And um so I was admitted that day, and um, the next day, I went through what is called decompression surgery, um, and I still didn't know, but I knew that um, he had to be telling me something right, because my vision was 
um, not what it was um, initially. Um, so I went through that surgery thinking that I would wake up as we all have had surgery, it's gonna be a miracle. When I wake up, I'm gonna see just like I saw before. When I woke up, things were very fuzzy, even a little more fuzzy than before. And then they said, well, you have so much pressure that we're gonna to have to um, um, do something else. Um, okay. So um, they did uh, the other um, surgery, which gave me a shunt um, in my back that will drain the fluid um, from my brain to and, and dissipate into my body. So once they done, once they did that, um, I really didn't see any difference in vision, but it seems as though the doctors were satisfied that this pressure was gone because I think the pressure on the brain was the most important thing. And they didn't want that to keep uh, pressing on the optic nerve. Um, I stayed in the hospital and I'll never forget the date from May 17th until June the 29th. Now, in the hospital, not going back and forth in the hospital, and remind you, ladies and gentlemen, I just went in uh, just to see, you know, what was wrong with my eyes. When I left the hospital and it was time for me to go, they said, you know, we've done everything. And I left that hospital and I left that hospital with no type of resource, um, no um knowing about blindness or vision, laws, vision impaired or anything. And I left with the hope that, okay, eventually it'll come back. And you ask your doctors, um, do I have a chance that this vision will come back? And they say, yeah, yeah, that's always a chance. So I base my hope on that. Every year I say, well, next year when my vision come back, I'll do this. Next year when my vision come back, I'll do that. And years and years and years pass. And um, as I was listening to Ms. Harris, as well as Ms. Simmons, how early they were introduced to the National Federation of the Blind. I never heard of that in 1992 or beyond. Um, I've never heard of any kind of visual impairment um, services or anything. So I had to come home and just basically keep living. Um, I had a two-year-old son I wanted to mention. Um, at that time. So I had to come home and just keep on, I would say, doing the best that I can. But I knew that I couldn't do all the things that I used to. I couldn't see his little face. Um, it left me with a loss of central vision. I had some side vision, but things were still cloudy. I couldn't read books to him. So we just ad-libbed for years. Now, mind you, 2000, um, 1992. <clears throat> So I would say I knew of no services, any information um, up until 2010. Think how long that is that I could have been, you know, involved with anything uh, pertaining to vision loss. But I kept moving forward. I had some vision. I kind of faked it a little bit. Um, I, I would go places and I would always be with someone. I was never alone outside with my son, which I love um, the parents that I've met through the Federation who have small children and they take their children out, excuse me, comfortably because they know how to do so. But then I was scared to death. I didn't want anything to happen to my son. 
and I did not want people to know that I could not see. It was almost shameful to me, and I didn't realize it then, but I was ashamed that I couldn't see, um, and I had no reason to be, but I didn't know that then. Um, but I happened to look at uh, my son in 2010. I looked at him, and it was something on his face. Now, by then, he's not two years old, of course. And my son grew up to be a six foot four monster, big old man. And I looked at him, I said, it's on your face. He was like, my mustache. I said, your mustache. And I looked, I said, wow, look at all the years that's passed. And what am I going to do, you know, like with the rest of my life? I was still a young, a relatively young person. And I just didn't know. And I don't know how I found out or who said, why don't you call Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind, which I have never heard of before. And I said, okay. So I called them. Now, it took me three days because I called the first day and the person said, Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. I hung up because number one, remember, I'm letting you know that <clears throat> I was uh, ashamed, but didn't realize it, but the word blind just, just didn't set right with me. You know, I used to be the person that it could be a, a cup in front of me and I know I put it there, but if I don't see it anymore, I wouldn't ask anybody. I would just go thirsty or wait till somebody leave and try to fiddle around for it. You know, just so shame. Just didn't know that that was, that was what it was. So on the third day, when that person answered the phone, I said, <clears throat> My name is Libra Robinson. And I wanted to know, what do you do for blind people? Pretending like I wasn't a blind person. And she said so many things. You can learn the computer. You can um, learn how to um, do mobility. Um, you can do this. So I said, well, how can a blind person learn the computer? And if you can't see, how can you walk around? I hadn't even seen or heard of a white cane, okay? This lady said to me, well, I'm blind right now and I'm on my computer. And when I leave here from work, I'm gonna use this what is called a white cane to get home. And then I had to break down and I said, well, I'm blind and I wanna know what do I need to do? So she directed me to our local RSA, which is Rehabilitation Service Administration. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so I was signed up to that and I signed up for a computer class. And I'm thinking, okay, how is a blind person going to use a computer? And when I got to that class and he said, press a button. And I'll never forget him. Mel Demisad, he said, press the button. And it said, hey. It said D, said L, and I couldn't believe it. Now, before then, I had never even used a computer as a sighted person. So I got on that computer and I thrived in that class. I wanted it more and more and more. And then it was time to read a story. And I'll never forget it. And I read the story on the computer using the down arrow. And he must have saw something. And he said, what's wrong? I said, I haven't read anything in years. And I was an avid reader. I mean, I was the kid that 
I don't know how many people remember um, riff reading is fundamental. When you would get these uh, vouchers and you could get stickers and books and everybody would come back to the class with all these stickers and I would have books. And they thought I was so crazy for it, but I love to read. And I hadn't read in years. So he took me to our local library services and started to read audio books. And I was like, all of this stuff for blind people? So then, after that, <clears throat> Columbia Lighthouse introduced me to what was called mobility training. Well, I had a person come to my home and they brought this white cane. And they said, we're gonna show you how to maneuver your neighborhood, okay? So we walk around the neighborhood, come back. When he left, the cane was in the closet because I still thought that I do not want anyone to see me with this cane, okay? So finally, my instructor said, why is it that you don't want to use the cane? I said, because I don't want anyone to see me with it. And he said to me, you can't even see them seeing you with it. So if it's going to make you be able to maneuver and go in your neighborhood without assistance, why not? So me and my wife Kane are best friends now. He introduced me to what is called the FAB class, Fundamental Adjustment to Blindness. Now, remind you, I'm still taking my computer classes. So I go to this FAB training where we learn independent living skills, how to cook safely, use our white cane to travel independently. And before then, like I said, I always was with someone or, you know, I had to wait on somebody. Once I finished that two-week course, it was over. And I discovered Metro Access. I had my, my family, where are you going? Out, alone. I was, I was everywhere. And then I met the most fabulous person I could ever meet. It was during a meeting at the Columbia Lighthouse where they had fab graduates. And his name was Mr. Sean Calloway. And he was talking about this organization called National Federation of the Blind, which I have never heard of. And um, he said he was the president of the D.C. affiliate, affiliate. I mean, you know, chapters. What, what are you talking about? He said it's an organization made up of blind people, made up of blind people. He invited me to a meeting. Now, ironically, it, the meeting I went to was in May of 2012, I couldn't believe it. I saw all, I, I, I thought to myself, okay, uh, I'm gonna go to this meeting and it's gonna be a lot of blind people here that's gonna feel just as terrible as me. You know, After the fab class, I met a lot of uh, some blind people and I didn't even know blind people existed other than me, but that was, that was you know, four or five. In May, he invited me. I didn't go. But in June, I said, I'm going to go. He called me again. I went to that meeting, ladies and gentlemen, and it was blind people walking around carrying coffee and donuts and talking. And, and then the meeting started, and it wasn't a wars me thing. It was how we're going to advocate for this and that. Would you like to join? I joined immediately. 2012, I found my home where I needed to be, I was no longer ashamed 
And that next year I was, in, you know, he told me about the convention and that year, 2013 was in Florida. I had never been out the DMV. And for those who don't know, that's the district, Virginia and Maryland, and let alone blind. He said, everybody goes. I'm like, how blind people, we all go, let's go. So I went to that convention and it was the most fantastic thing I ever witnessed. Blind people just discovering where they're going and everybody is okay, feeling comfortable in their own skin. I remember um, that was uh, the year Dr. Mark Mauer was still president and I listened to his voice and his presence and just, he had humor, but it was just still so dynamic. And I just couldn't believe it. Now, remind you, I'm still taking my computer class. Now, by then, I'm telling everybody when I come back, um, you know, y'all, I feel so empowered. And they found out I could use computer. I said, you can go to your RSA and you can learn the computer. Now, as we most, uh, we all sometimes know our government agencies are slow to be able to do things. So I started just showing people how to do things on their computer and things that I learned. And then I found that a lot of people didn't have a computer. So I found out about a project called Project Reboot that gave blind and visually impaired persons refurbished computers from the government. I asked our president, Sean Callaway, could he uh, contact the organization and be, uh, give our members referral forms. He said, sure, Libra, because anybody knows Sean Callaway, if you have an idea in this building, he's going to let you go with it. I started giving out these referral forms for, you know, everybody had one. And then they say, how do you use the computer? I say, okay. So I started teaching that, you know, just here and there. And then I found out that if you get JAWS certified, then you have a better, um, uh, way of learning more about JAWS and then you can uh, more efficiently teach. Um, during this time, I met who is the director of the DC Center for Independent Living. Now, I was not in uh, the mindset of starting a business, anything. That's why I say for anybody that's on the line that's going to start a business or just in general, always be kind to people. You never know who you're going to meet. I did not know this person was the director of the DC Center for Independent Living. And years later, he's the person that actually gave me my first contract opportunity once I became JAW certified and things of that nature. And um, I went on to um, contract with the DC Center after I uh, created my business in 2015. And I just did that in order for uh, organizations to take me seriously. That's what people say, okay, you have to create a business. I wasn't even thinking about the money aspect. I just wanted to be able to um, contract with organizations so our blind and visually impaired people wouldn't have to pay out of pocket to learn the things that make them independent. A lot of people think that that's a novelty, but now you're using a computer and your smartphone, it's not a novelty. That makes blind and visually people more independent. So that's why I initially created the business so I can contact organizations. And then when I contacted them and they say, you give us a proposal and Google is our friend. I looked up how to do it. Mind you, I'm not a businesswoman. Remember I told y'all, I just started with McCade a few years ago before then. And I, they accepted it. 
And then I started um, teaching at that center. And um, within the organization of the NFB, I became the first vice president of our affiliate. Now I am the first, uh, I am the uh, president of the Greater Washington, D.C. chapter. But when I um, approached the organization, they say, how are you going to get students? Well, look around. I'm a part of an organization that's made up of Black people. This is what they need. And one thing about it, you have to keep your integrity as well, because a lot of people realize that with organizations and um, rehabilitation services, they want to just teach people that are of working age. And I was almost not going to get that contract because I said, I want to teach all people. What about our seniors who lose their vision? They've already worked all their life. They still need to learn this. This is not a novelty. He contemplated and gave me my first contract. And I've been working with the DC Center uh, for Independence since 2016. They have allowed me, I start off with JAWS one-on-one. They have allowed me to create smartphone boot camp because <clears throat> I was so um, tired of people having phones and when their sister, brother, or aide is there and it bring they hand it to them. I'm like, can't they teach you how to use it? No, they don't have time. So I created that. Braille, people riding up and down on the elevator, waiting for someone to come on so they can find their floor. So I learned Braille right quick and put that, you know, and full circle. Now I'm teaching with Columbia Lighthouse, who gave me my first little chunk of independence, along with the NFB. And NFB, along with Ms. Simmons, I did receive the Balotin Award in 2019, which allowed me to um, use those funds to create what I have now, which is Insight Aids and Products, which is my online store that I um, that people can go on to get um, all types of items for blind and visually impaired persons. <clears throat> and I also specify as well as seniors. Categories such as fun and games, health aids, low vision aids, canes, talking watches, um, you name it, we have it, okay? <clears throat> and without the NFB, CLB, Columbia Lighthouse, and just my Federation family, I could not even imagine this life living as a blind person. And I'm so proud of it. I'm not ashamed. If I can't see the ketchup, where is it? Somebody will give it to me, and I'm okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of. So with all that being said, I say, um, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, love what you do, okay? Always stay humble and give back. And know that this organization of blind people is the best thing that ever happened to me personally. And I say, pass on the information, make sure we continue to advocate. And we're gonna, as our president, our national president would say, we're gonna continue to build the federation. Thank you.